Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Welcome to another episode of Cracking One Open with your very American host, yes, Mike <laughs> and Elise. On today's episode, we're talking about beer. As I sip, wait, 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 what? I know it's a it's a it's a special one today. Well, it's a beer one. It's a beer themed episode, <laughs> and I'm gonna and to celebrate, I'm drinking a beer before I have another beer. You maniac, right? <laughs> Shout out to Alvarium for whatever this is. El Cabron. El Cabron. It's a Mexican lager. It's super limey and yet bready. It's really good. Yeah, it's very intriguing. Very unique. But that's not what the episode is about today. No. You pregame with wine. (laughs) No apologies. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're cracking open Blueprint IPA from Hog River Brewing Company. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't yesterday we were like, do you want me to tell you or do you want to just keep it a secret again? <laughs> good, good, good. I like stuff from Hog River. Yep. And they are located in Hartford, Connecticut. So Hog River Brewing was founded by Ben and Joy Braddock, a couple who was so passionate about craft beer that they ended up leaving their corporate jobs in order to pursue opening their own craft brewery. After Ben was able to get some serious experience in the industry, and that includes working at Thomas Hooker Brewery and Willimantic Brewing Company, at the same time, he was able to discover his own brewing style. I had to do a little little bit of digging, but based on their Instagram, they were brewing under the name Hog River as far back as 2015 and attending beer fests with it. Um, But it doesn't look like the brewery made its home in Hartford until August of 2016. And upon its opening, the brewery had a seven barrel brewing system. But I couldn't find any information that was more recent than a 2016 Hartford Courant article. So they may very well have upgraded in the years since. I do not know. Seven barrels doesn't seem a lot for to be able to distribute at least as far down as Southern Connecticut even. Yeah. I I know a lot of people who are listening maybe out of state think, wow, Connecticut's super tiny. <laughs> but we still got a lot of liquor stores and stuff. It's true. We're a packed, but tiny state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Hog River, as I mentioned, is located in Hartford in the Parkville neighborhood. And Hog River's name pays homage to the city's subterranean river. 
The brewery is actually housed in the former Hartford Rubber Works building, which manufactured the country's first pneumatic tires for automobiles and bikes. And the tap room pays tribute to its industrial roots. Massive machinery from the turn of the century sits among bar stools and picnic tables and pieces of Hartford history decorate the walls. I did not know that the Hog River was a subterranean river. I'm glad you asked. That's pretty dope. Tell me more. Hog River, also known as Park River or Little River, it's a tributary of the Connecticut River. Between the 1940s and 1980s, Hog River was buried by the Army Corps of Engineers to prevent spring floods, which were regularly caused by increased surface runoff from urban development. Now, here's the fun part. Why was it nicknamed Hog River? Because pigs were kept in farms along some stretches of the river and between pig waste, human waste and factory waste, the river became super polluted and it smelled as bad as you think it did. Uh. (laughs) So in an attempt to clean it up a bit, a park was created around it, hence the nickname Park River. And the reasoning there was that uh, with more homes around it instead of more factories, the hope was that it would become less odious. I don't <laughs> want to be the person that initially got that house around that river. Right. Ugh. No, thank you. That's like, it reminds me of all the stories about like the uh, 1800s and the 1700s by the River Thames in London mm-hmm. and how terrible that was. And like the. How people would have to walk around with like cloths on their face yeah, and the like. cartoon of death, what, yep. like on newspapers and stuff like, oh, can't go outside today because the River Thames is just, you know. An ocean of vomit. Hard pass. So (laughs) getting back on track, (laughs) Hog River features a constantly rotating list of craft beers that are brewed on site, ranging from IPAs to sours and bold barrel aged beers. They also have guest taps of hard cider, wine, cold brew coffee and kombucha. And it looks like they try to source those guest taps locally as well. Currently, the hard cider on tap is from New England Cider Company, which is in Wallingford, which we just passed uh, last weekend on our way to Front Porch. It's literally right down the street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the kombucha is from Cross Culture Kombucha in Danbury. Um, so interestingly, the beer that they consider to be their flagship style is Kolsch. And that is uh, the only constantly available brew on their rotating tap list. They, quote, favor classic German styles like Dunkelweizens, Hefeweizens, and Schwarzbeers, uh, but brew across the craft beer style map, including pale ales, IPAs, cream ales, porters, stouts, smoked reds, saisons, etc., etc. I'm sorry, did you say smoked reds? Yeah, that we're going to have to hunt that down after your acquired love of the uh, Sri Lanka last year. Sri Lanka, yeah. I had another smoked beer that somebody got me from uh, one of those rich Rhode Island towns. Newport? I believe it was Newport, yeah. And it was fantastic too. Not quite as good, but obviously it doesn't have the uh, 700 years to get as good, but oh yeah, yeah, smoked beers. (laughs) Oh, oh. I don't love red ales. It's a smoked red. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Hog River describes Blueprint like this. Quote, Blueprint IPA is our take on an American IPA. Listen carefully. This is not a New England style IPA. Rather, 
It's a clean, crisp, utterly refreshing taste on a classic style. Citra, lemon drop, and Eldorado hops lend notes of lime and lemon zest. Hop bitterness isn't meant to hide and is the perfect foil to the bright citrus flavors. So let's get to the hops. First up is Citra, a.k.a. 114, and these hops were first bred back in 1990. Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tetnanger, Hellertown Mittelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, and an unknown variety of American wild hop. Citra went through extensive trials and testing, and the rights to this hop were held by three big breweries at one time, but... They all ultimately passed on this hop. And then in 2007, the hop breeding company started to kind of shop it around to craft breweries, which is when Widmer Brothers, Deschutes, and Sierra Nevada all agreed to co-found Anchorage in order to grow Citra. I got a question. Yes, sir. We have done Citra... Um, a bajillion times? A crudgillion times. Just a, 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 just a rough estimate. Yes. And every time, well, not every time, but almost all the times when you describe it, you describe those three breweries. Mm-hmm. And we've had Whitmer Brothers. Mm-hmm. We've had Sierra Nevada. I've never seen Deschutes. I've never had anything from Deschutes. But yet, I know how to spell it. Is that weird? Yes. Okay. But also you're smart, so. So we've seen it before. Or I've seen something else that's called Deschutes. Possibly. Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so citra hops are, as we know, citrusy. What? They, I know. I know. They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. And this is in large part due to their high mercine content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. And citra can also lend desired uh, delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. And the next up, we've got El Dorado Hops, which were released in 2010 and feature a uniquely fruity flavor profile, including tropical fruit, pineapple, and mango, in addition to having desirable bittering and aromatic properties. This hops aromas include pear, watermelon, stove fruit, and candy. Have we ever tasted the watermelon in an Eldorado, though? I feel like that's hard to get at. No, I think we've gotten pear and candy, but not necessarily, yeah, watermelon, which is unfortunate. I just feel like it's a very delicate flavor. Oh, yeah. I'm sure so it's I'd imagine you'd among... have to have like an Eldorado only kind of beer with like Ooh. a very light. You'd have to make should... like a Pilsner. We should with uh, tell Tribus to make their next single hop <clears throat> series the for Eldorado. I don't know. I'm all about them New Zealand hops, though. True. <laughs> so combine this with the fact that Eldorado has high alpha acids, good storage stability, and high yields. And this makes it a really outstanding commercial variety of hops. And besides that, its name was inspired by the fabled city paved with gold because the hops have a golden dust of Lapulin. Napoleon. And last but certainly not least, and the name that definitely made your ears perk up are Lemon Drop Hops. <laughs> now, I totally blanked on this, but we've actually covered Lemon Drop Hops once before. These hops are also in swag, which is ironically from Black Hog Brewing Company. I was going to say swag is another pig. Yep. 
Uh, and we did that episode last summer. Swag um, was like one of my top beers of the year last year. It was. Oh, that's uh It bodes well for this well, one. It bodes very well for this <laughs> one. <laughs> so from what I could find, this experimental hop was released in 2012 and is produced by Northern Brewer. Lemon Drop is said to offer a unique lemon citrus character with a pleasant aroma. The bright citrus and subtle herbaceous notes are perfect for sessionable beers. While ales tend to bring out her sweeter side, Lemon Drop is delicate and refined enough for quality lagers. So it's got notes of lemon, mint, green tea, and light melon, and is great for late kettle additions and dry hopping. This super Cascadian hop has a unique combination of fruity and herbal notes, making it ideal for use in IPAs, pale ales, and saisons. And uh, yeah, that is all I got. I forgot about swag. Swag wasn't last year though. Swag was two years ago, right? No, it was last year. Really? Yeah. It was right after we built the Tiki Deck. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. The Tiki Deck was born out of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Before I had the time and the wherewithal. And the money. And the money. Time to drink beer? Time to drink the beer. All right. And we're back. And I was just chastised for trying to check out the can <laughs> too early. We're not on that part yet. <laughs> All right. I believe in you. Ooh. Nice. Oh, shit. I promise I didn't shake them. Nope. It's rare, but that just exploded for no reason. Awesome. Okay. Minor intermission for... Uh, beer explosion they exploded but we didn't shake they yeah, just explode no reason what what makes that happen cans under high pressure much uh, carbonation i mean it is good head i mean that that's some giggity. foam that stays oh man did you just giggity after i giggity but off microphone <laughs> damn it i just want you to know that when i poured the foam i saved it by sucking it all up really good and elise she sacrificed some beer to the beer gods ah uh, but to be fair you major failed last time this happened. I major fail every time it happens. I'm very <laughs> proud of myself this time. <laughs> that is some very like sturdy foam though. Even pouring the beer in, the foam oh, yeah. just kind of moved away. Yep. That's some very like, I guess, sticky foam, kind of like sticky rice. It kind of reminds me of. Yeah, I can you know see that. I mean? That's a, an interesting but accurate comparison. I wonder if that's kind of similar. I mean, although I don't know about starches. Uh, maybe starches. Yeah, I'm sure it has something to do with some the carb carbohydrates and yeah. stuff in the beer. We had some nice sticky, like picturesque foam. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I will say the foam actually tasted delicious. I know I had that one episode <laughs> where the foam was just atrocious, but the beer was great. And this one, the foam was actually really good. Well, so. hopefully that doesn't mean that the beer is atrocious. <laughs> oh man. Is it the opposite? Do I just want to like, do am I going to just shake up this can from now on and pour just out foam? And oh. hope it doesn't settle and I only like it when it's foam. No, because then it's going to be like the frozen beer that we got down at uh, Disney Springs Blech. that was so Blech. nasty. Oh, my God. BT dubs, do not ever, no matter what you think, how cool it sounds, how cool it looks. It looks dope. <laughs> do not get frozen beer. It's not worth it. It's it like not eight worth bucks. It. And it looks like frosted whip beer and it just tastes like beer foam. And that's it. That's all you get is beer foam. Yep. And it does not really settle. And when it does, it's all flat. It's gross. Yep. Waste of money. I am kind of curious to see what that beer tastes like normal, though. 
That's some kind of Japanese beer. That particular, yeah, yeah that's true. I'm going to try it. Well, yeah, we haven't had many Japanese beers aside from like Sapporo. <gasps> Mr. International feels an episode coming on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cheers. Cheers. Woo. Your cup was far more powerful than mine. Oh, citrusy. Hmm. Hmm. Much more citrusy than I anticipated for an American style IPA. What they what they call an American style IPA. I think it's almost tart at the end. I think the foam was better than the oh, beer. Oh no! I called it. <laughs> I think this is a very good beer, but I think the foam really had a lot of those lemon drop kind of notes on it. Mm-hmm. And the you're not beer, getting the lemoniness. I'm getting the lemoniness, but you know what else I'm getting that really overtakes it is the yeastiness. Ye- oh, there's yeah, there's it's this is definitely like a yeast bomb. It's it's a little too yeasty compared to that lemony, awesome lemoniness. Okay, that I so you really feel like it doesn't really it. balance out. It's not that it doesn't balance out. Well, I guess yes, it does not balance out because the yeast kind of overtakes the lemon because it's such a delicate note. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch, but it is a little more yeasty than I like. I don't really like beer that tastes super like double IPA yeasty ish, mm-hmm. um, as we know. Um, see, I don't, I don't get like a double IPA kind of vibe from this. Just like the super yeast, I don't get a double IPA vibe either. But I get okay. like that yeast bomb is generally a double IPA or mm-hmm. a higher alcohol content beer. Yeah, but you do get that lemony note. It is very nice. It's just a little too, a little too yeasty compared to what I think. What, would help it what out you a were expecting, bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely sets itself apart from a New England style IPA, like they claim. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's not like a bitter bomb. It's not a juice bomb. No. So, you know, it's not like, here's some stone fruit in your eyes. Yeah, here's some papaya, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not like that. It's not overly bitter. Mm-hmm. It's very drinkable. It's a little heavy. But I think that's just generally when yeah. you get an IPA, it's going to be sometimes a little heavy. And I think that comes from the, maybe the yeast and the yeast bombiness of it. Yeah, I would say for an IPA, this is definitely on the, the heavier side. The one thing I'm getting, and I don't know if it's just because we kind of talked about it, mm-hmm. is I'm getting like a, a smokiness to the end of it. Yeah, that's definitely you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but now I'm thinking... This would be way better if it was a smoked beer, <laughs> like a smoked IPA. That would be interesting. I just want all beers to be smoked and it's probably not good for you. <laughs> probably not. It's like having smoked beer all the time is not yeah. good for you. Yeah. But it is good. I will say for a yeast bomb, this is well balanced. That's extra citrusiness to mm-hmm. it. And the lemoniness does kind of balance out the yeastiness to it. Yeah. In a really nice kind of uh, way. I'm really not getting much more than the, the citrusy kind of notes, though. I'm not picking out any of the myriad of fruits that are associated with citrus or the the pear or watermelon or anything else that we that I listed as as far as. I am perfectly OK not getting any citrus notes because we have citrus yeah. all the time. Yeah, I like that. We're only getting these lemon drop notes. Like I said, it's a little too yeasty, but I like that it's that yeast in the lemon drop that. Mm-hmm. It's not like they say it's not a New England IPA. Mm-hmm. That's a spoiler alert to the can. It's it's <laughs> an IPA. It's interesting because it's this hop you don't usually have. This varietal you don't usually have. Mm-hmm. 
and yeast. Uh, although the Eldorado, it's not like that's in every beer. So the Eldorado is not overly used. Yeah, Eldorado isn't overused. The Eldorado, though, you might not be able to taste it, but you might be getting a little bit of extra sweetness from that candy, those candy-like notes. That's true. That's a good point. Because otherwise the lemon, I think, would be a little bit more bittering, mm-hmm. and a little bit more soury. So it's like you're getting those lemon notes. Your, yeah, so that would Your be mind would make it more bitter in your Almost mouth, too much on top of the yeast. Is yeast itself bitter? I feel like it is to a to a, to an extent. Is bread bitter? I mean, yeah, I guess in a way, I can see where you're coming from. It really doesn't have much of I a. I mean, smell. if you've ever tasted um, the like the yeast, well, you've never made bread, so. But when you when you make the the yeast and add the water, and I don't know, I've tasted it before. It's bitter. You've tasted that before? You crazy. of course. And As also, a baker. <laughs> I used to make dough from scratch at the theater when I worked at there. When That's I worked fair. there, they used to have the pretzels were fresh AF. Yeah. But yes, I oh, never. Oh yeah, you had like specific shifts just to make pretzels. Exactly. Back in the day. We were a full on pretzel bakery. Thank you very much. We were an Auntie Ants. Actually, Auntie Ants probably doesn't even make their own dough. Uh, Fuck Auntie Ants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I never had any kind of interest in tasting the yeast water. No, thank you. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. More Morbid <laughs> curiosity. I taste everything I mean, when I'm making. This is coming from the guy who's tried every type of dog bone known to man. So. Oh. You gotta yeah. try it. Your dogs love it. Why wouldn't you try it to make sure it's okay and not to poison? Because obviously it's not poison. <laughs> Whatever. Milk bones are all right. Oh, God. <laughs> They're just dry. <laughs> uh, but. Go eat some iams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have, I think we have Westies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think now, we, I think right now we have Caesar. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is Caesar. I knew it was one of those, those kind of like proper small dog foods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back on track. Sure. That, that could add to some bitterness. Plus, yeah, I guess that's why you add hops to. No, because with the yeast comes the malts. And the malts are sugar, although the yeast then eats the sugar. But you add the hops to bitter beer. I don't know, man. That's now we're getting into some shit, man. This is why I need to go to beer school. <laughs> I think it depends on the type of malt you're using and how fermented it is and how much the yeast is eating the malts. Yeah. Um, because the malts obviously absolutely do add some sweetness to your beer. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. It's why exactly. it has the alcohol content it does, because the yeast are eating that. Mm-hmm. But happy, happy nom nom. Monster nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you get a little bit of that candy with the Eldorado. I think the Citra is almost completely gone here. It must be there because it's a little more bitter. Yeah. Because it's a stronger hop. It's there for the bittering. Mm-hmm. Eldorado is there for that little bit of the candiness. And I think then Lemon Drop is there for your flavor. Yeah. And I think that's cool. It's like a three stage hop process. Where they're not commingling, they're each doing a different thing in the beer, which is really cool. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, that even though they they list all three hops, they don't describe what may have been added as a a late addition or anything like that. Like, yeah, what what it is that makes that citrus really pop? I think that's where I've always been a little disappointed about that. That and like what type of malt they use, mm-hmm. and I think that that has to do with. Everyone kind of uses the same hops. So like that process is kind of the secret ingredient almost. Yeah. Although again, I would love to know what kind of malts this uses. What 
why is this a yeast bomb? What malts are used to make things a yeast bomb? Mm -hmm. Because there's really, as far as I know, only two types of yeasts brewers use, and it depends on the type of beer. You know, bottom fermenting yeast or top fermenting yeast or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that the malt really does affect all beer. Oh, for sure. And I know that there's so much different malt. And I'm, and I've said it before, I'm very interested because we go over hops so often. Yeah, but no one ever talks about the malt. No one talks online. about the malt. It's so important to the brewing process. And it's so important in brewing a beer in general, mm -hmm. um, especially for German styles or cervezas or, you know, farmhouse ales. Like the hops are a little oh, less yeah. important in those. And it's the foundation of the taste. I just don't get why we don't know more about them. But in yeast bombs, especially like this, I call it a yeast bomb. You call it a yeast bomb. We call it a yeast bomb. Does the general public? What do you call this? Because this is a taste that repeats again and again and again in many different beers. Mm -hmm. What is it? And why is it? I would like to know. Because we can describe other things like when it's, things are super bitter, when we get that stone fruit, when we get that lemony, mm -hmm. when you get... um. Oh, one of the hops a couple of weeks ago was like really weird and you totally picked it up. I can't remember what it was, but you know that that's the hop. Yeah. And it's like with these, it's like, what does just any malt make that yeast bomb? Or does that like depend on the fermentation process and like when you bring it out and stuff like that? Yeah. Because I don't not like the yeast bombs. Sometimes I like it tasting like a lot of bread. In this case, I'm a little disappointed because the swag was really good and I like the lemoniness of lemon stuff. Yeah. And so. I, I haven't seen swag come back out, unfortunately, or I definitely would have grabbed it knowing how much we both liked it last year. Right. I think we just probably missed it because I know it's one of their bigger ones. Yeah. I will say, though, mm -hmm. now that I've spoken for way too long and rambled and now that I'm tasting the beer again as it kind of tempers, the yeast has kind of. It's kind of calming down as I'm getting down, further down yeah. in my glass. I mean, it's still there. But it's commingling a lot better with the lemon. I wonder if part of the um, the taste is the head. Meant and to be served at a certain temperature. Well, yeah. the head was very lemons forward. Yeah. So as we're getting further down, that's kind of, like you said, commingling with the other flavors. Oh, you mean now that the head is is has Less, settled, Yeah, it's back inside the beer. Mm -hmm. You think the lemon drop kind of comes out of it and then comes back in. Yeah. yeah maybe. It is good, though. You know, my disappointment and not a lot of lemon aside, it is a very good beer if you like that kind of yeasty type beer. Mm -hmm. uh, it is definitely not your typical New England IPA, nor no. is it a West Coast IPA. Nope. In fact, I would say there's very little to no pine in this. No. Which even in New England IPAs, you get a little pine. Mm -hmm. In this, I don't think I get any of it. Not the really. The earthiness comes from maybe like the yeast, but I don't really get it a, like a super earthy kind of yeah. anything. And even compared to last week, Switchback IPA, which was not really a New England IPA nor a West Coast IPA, but it still had that little bit of pininess. Yes, Switchback has a little bit of pininess, which I liked. Yeah. So this is even set apart from that. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. It really is its own kind of, it's just an IPA. It's, it's nice to have a, a couple IPAs in a row that are not just copy paste, copy paste. Yeah. <laughs> But what I like about this, the American IPA, is that there aren't a lot of them. Yeah. At least around here. I mean, even in New England, you you get New England IPAs, or now you get a plethora of West Coast IPAs coming in. Yeah. It's like the it's new trendy. thing. 
so like you don't really get like a classic IPA. Yeah. Uh, or an American IPA, which is interesting. American IPA. <laughs> now. American India Pale Ale. <laughs> Mr. International wants to try an EPA, an England Pale Ale, mm. or an RIPA. Have we not had an England Pale Ale? We've had English Pale Ales. Yes, those are called bitters. But we have not had an England IPA. No, we have had one England IPA. One. I can't remember what it was. Oh, shit. But we did have one England IPA. English PAs Mm -hmm. are all over the place. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Which it took me a long time. You know, things where English people order a pint of bitters, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a pale ale, an English pale ale. But yeah, the uh, English IPA is completely different. But I I still want to try more international type stuff. But yeah, what's interesting is this American one just kind of just isn't West and isn't New England, but has notes that are found in both. Mm -hmm. It is yeasty and a citrusiness, but like a lemon citrusiness, not like a grapefruit or an orange. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense to people listening yeah you know it's one of those kind of like base citrus like a lemon lemon or lime i feel like are like the basis of citrus Mm -hmm. and then everything else is like an orange a lemon or an orange a grapefruit you know papaya all that other citrus kind of comes in like more of a sweeter toned down variety yeah whereas lemon is and lime are very like biting and Tart. Pure citrus yeah. and tart, yeah. yeah. Which grapefruit kind of is in its own way. All right. Can time. Can time. Again. Bringing it back around. Like the old Hog River cans, it's a white wraparound label, not a full print. Uh, with but it's some, nice and glossy. It's glossy. It's smooth, which is nice. And it's white, bright white. And again, it's very abstract. There's just like a splash of paint on it. And in this case, it looks like a watercolor blue. And then a crystallized kind of purple, almost like a blue purple kind of color uh, across it. Almost like they it, let the paint dry a little, cracked it and threw it over it. To me, it almost reminds me of ice cubes. Oh, for sure. If you were trying to do like a Rorschach test version of this. Yeah. It definitely looks like ice cubes in a glass. Watercolored ice cubes. But I think they get that from letting some of the paint dry. Oh, for sure. I kind of crack a little bit, but yeah. The blue is definitely still wet watercolor kind of. Mm -hmm. And then the purple is maybe a slightly like put more paint to water to let it dry and crackle like that over it. Yeah. The the color scheme goes from like navy to indigo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really cool. Just like the other one we did was like oranges and reds, but they were Mm -hmm. all kind of watery. This one has that kind of sharp crystallized kind of look to it um, in the purples. I also think this can is a little bit more white than paint compared to the other ones, which is cool. Yep. And then the can has the Hog River logo on the on it in the middle, although it's very small, the Hog River logo. I feel like they wanted to hide it in the whatever white they <laughs> could find, even though there's a lot of white to use, but it's all on the sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a gear, like an old industrial gear. With Hog River below it in a yellow font. And on the bottom of very small black writing, it says Brewing Harford Con for Harvard Connecticut. <laughs> then it says Blueprint down below. Um, but Isn't blue that so weird? Sorry. Space print. Like, are, 
what other state abbreviates itself by more than one letter? But Connecticut has like I've I can't tell you how many times I've seen Connecticut oh, yeah. abbreviated as C O N N. C O N N or C T. Yep. Uh is it because we're old? Because <laughs> we've been around so long now. Old with an E. <laughs> well, Massachusetts is the same way. Mass yep. Or M A. New York's just kind of NY. You can't yeah, really do I much can't with think New of York. any anything else that is abbreviated the same way. Vermont, I've seen VMNT. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Never mind. So yeah, I think it's because we're so old. Okay. I think old timey abbreviations were numerous letters. Yeah. And then we kind of went to the more modern NYCACT. Yeah, the so, standardized. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, hey, there's 50 of us now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yes, the classic colonies all kind of, or many of the classic colonies kind of have, have their own way of doing things. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Blueprint, you know, we say it's called Blueprint, but it's not one word, like the word Blueprint. It's blue I, I, space print. I saw it multiple ways online. Oh, so really? Sometimes it's one word. Sometimes it's two. Yeah. On their own site too? Yep. Well, no, not on their own site, but on like other, like e- even um, Total Wines and More website. I like think a, they're just misspelling it. Yeah. I think they're like, oh, word wants it to be one word. <laughs> but clearly Hog River says it's blue print. It is not blueprint. It's blue print. And it's American IPA. Then on the bottom says one point six point seven percent alcohol by volume. And then it says beer, just in case you were wondering, which I guess you kind of have to say when it's if you do multiple different things. Yeah. Although don't most if they do seltzer, most places lists have to list seltzer as beer. I guess. Yeah. Like even we just got um, shipyard pumpkin seltzer, which I'm going to try yep. soon. Um <laughs> Which is going to blow my mind. It'd probably be gross, but I love Shipyard Pumpkin as anybody who watched their pumpkin. That's why I had to get it. And it's, it's, um, that's listed as beer on the back of the can because they have to. So I think that's interesting. Uh, Hog River Brewing Company, 429 Park Street in Hartford, in case anybody was wondering where it was. And then <laughs> as you turn the can around, it's just a regular barcode, the government warning on the bottom, where you can get the cash refund. So apparently, I mean, most places list only where they can be found. Mm-hmm. So this is California. It's a cash refund. Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maine, New York, Vermont, Oregon, Iowa, five cents, what? and Michigan, ten cents. So, unless that's I... just generic, are, is this available in all those places? In which case, there's no way it's just seven barrels anymore. Yeah, unless they found a time loop. That's because they'd have to be open like seventy-two hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Then you got this is where. I had to stop looking at the can on the side. It's got (laughs) warning. This is in bold letters, not a New England style IPA. You're welcome. Which I guess they don't like New England IPAs at Hog River or they're just sick of them too. Or like it's, I I feel like it's kind of just a cheeky. I feel like all brewers are kind of sick of New England IPAs. Yeah. And West Coast IPAs. I feel like all brewers are sick of Or at least they realize that their consumers are getting kind of bored of them yeah i think the brewers don't like brewing it from the brewers that we've talked to it seems like none of them like brewing ipas and i we even had um my cousin-in-law my cousin uh (laughs) he tried to hand in some like a home brewing contest 
Mm-hmm. And he submitted his beer, which was uh, some kind of Pilsner. A or Bavarian Pilsner. Bavarian I Pilsner. Yep. And they said, oh, thank God it's not another IPA. Yeah. Because they just never even put those into contention. Yeah. Everyone They're is not just even pumping out IPAs yeah. because it's, I guess, kind of the easy thing to do. It must be because you can hide. Mark. Yeah. I you can know. probably hide like your crappiness of your beer. Yeah. Like hops. you can hide it with the hops. So. I feel like most brewers find that also the cheap way out. You got to build a great base. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're a good brewer. Yep. And so maybe I feel like all brewers kind of have that opinion of beer. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, even at, we've talked to so many brewers, but, you know, especially I think Andy at Dockside had the same kind of opinion. Mm-hmm. It's about the Schwartz beer. It's about log, uh, lagers. It's about. Porters, yeah, that's where you that's where you really get to show your Mm. yeah. Are you good? Yeah, or are you just hiding everything behind all these different fancy hops Mm -hmm. that are just like, well, I poured hops in and let it soak. Yeah, it's (laughs) basically. I mean, beer and wine are not hard to make. (laughs) Good beer and wine are hard to make. Right, I would argue that wine is even easier to make. Yeah, the grapes ferment themselves, man. It's true. All you need is something with sugar. Leave it alone for a while. Oops, beer. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for the can. It's really low key, all abstract, very pretty. If I was a Kardashian, but I also liked beer, I guess Hog River would be what I went with. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about the can art. It's very highfalutin. Picturesque. Yes. Not that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to have, like, we just got beer. Uh, we almost got cans from... Front porch brewing because it had a fun weasel going down a mountain on a yeah it was like really a, good a, 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 <laughs> it was awesome a artwork cart yeah with a smile on his face mm-hmm. it was so dumb but so awesome sometimes you can have very picturesque the Hannibal NBC's Hannibal of uh, beer cans mm-hmm. you know very fancy highfalutin nice fanciness it really looks good and works I think that's why we picked up our first couple of cans and why we can absolutely yeah. This is a fantastic beer. Definitely check it out. A little yeasty, but enough with that lemon note that it really changes it. And it's definitely yeah. something not a makes New England very IPA interesting. and not West Coast. So if you're interested in what just makes an IPA an IPA. This would be a good example. It is a very good example. Because then you can have like a West Coast and be like, okay, so these kind of earthy floral mm-hmm. or not floral, uh, earthy, piney, resiny notes. That's what makes a West Coast or, mm-hmm. hey, the stone fruitiness, that's what makes it East Coast. You know, saying that is one thing. Tasting a standard like your base is another. Is another, yeah. And that's all I got on that. Well, that seems like a good note to uh, wrap things up. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions, because we want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got to plug? I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the audience simply didn't catch on, or, or the audience simply didn't 
catch on with the movie in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available every Wednesday. Like Clockwork, wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenEntertainment.com or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. We've got over 100 episodes for your listening pleasure. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast about video games, PlayStation, Xbox, VR, PC, Nintendo. That is also available wherever you get your podcasts on ForgottenEntertainment.com. And buy my audiobooks. <laughs> Audible.com, Michael Butler, Sour, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment, Switch Art for Gangsters. I've got a bunch of audiobooks that I don't make money on unless you buy them. So why don't you go ahead, do me a favor, and buy them. They're good, I promise. At least I'm good. I didn't write them, but I have voiced them. And I think uh, pretty good. Pretty, but, uh, pretty, pretty. Good. I've also got a an ego problem, <laughs> so yeah. But no, I'm, I'm awesome. So check those out. <laughs> and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time, cheers. Cheers. cheers.